0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW, Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Maury Rolls, a two time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. It's Chewbacca! It's up
0: going to have a committee meeting about
1: it Stick it on and Sandy him out what well, this has blown it for Irvine blown it for Ferrari
0: I don't know what's happened welcome to another episode of pit lane parlay I am your host Mike Joachim Matt is here we had a, a very quiet weekend at Silverstone wouldn't you say god <laughs> what a what a what a weekend I I there's too much to discuss. I really don't even know where to start. Lewis Hamilton won. Charles Leclerc finished in second. I don't even remember who was in third. Botas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was the podium. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna do like a rewind sound right now, and then we'll we'll let let's start with the your your thoughts on the sprint race or qualifying yay nay what would you think the actual event itself on saturday afternoon and yeah
2: it was fine i would do it again i think there may or may not be but definitely is maybe a better track for it than silverstone i think monza would work awesome especially with turn one at monza being usually a dumpster fire but It was okay. I mean, honestly, I didn't watch it, but I watched the highlights after and it had some memorable moments and it had, you know, plenty of pressure because you don't want to make a mistake. So someone like Checo starting way in the back pretty much ruins his whole day. Or you got someone like Max who takes P1 immediately and doesn't look back. You know, that's a huge incentive to get first place, you know, right away. So that was really cool. And yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it by any means. So I think for me that almost counts as a pass.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought the first couple of laps were incredibly exciting, and then the midfield battle was pretty good most of the race. You, you hate to see Perez spin there because that definitely affected not only his weekend but Red Bull as as a whole uh, later in the weekend. But yeah, it was it was fun. I I'm definitely intrigued enough to be interested in seeing it another, you know, what do I say two more times this year. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't think it was a, a bad thing. I don't think it's something I want to see it all 17 races by any means, but as a change up a couple times a year, I think it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I loved the no tire strategy either kind of thing. Yeah. Like as far as like not having a mandatory tire, I think it should be an example for formula one, what they could do in the future. I think they, next year, they should, and I know they're not going to, but next year they should look at adopting a rule saying as long as you don't run only the softest compound for the entire race, you can, you don't have any sort of mandates. So, like, if you just want to go medium to medium, hard to hard, soft to hard, as long as you don't go, like, soft to soft to soft and just be lame about it, like, you should be able to kind of do whatever you want. So, I would love to see that. I think that was one of the intriguing things of that whole format um good my,
0: my last question and i guess we can kind of transition from there into the race which is probably the bulk of our our discussion here is well part one of of penalty discussion george russell got a three-place grid penalty for a little uh, i mean i thought it was inconsequential contact with carlos signs now he did drop down a handful of places think he recovered a little bit but nonetheless george did get a penalty what'd you think of that
2: it's getting a little ticky tack in my opinion and obviously with george at his home race it makes it that much worse so i was looking at what they're saying after the race as far as the rationale behind it it's it's um well it's, i had a question later on obviously when we talk about the big one here but it's something I wanted to ask you about, kind of stewarding as a whole. But what did you, what did you make of of that incident?
0: I I don't see any reason for a, a grid penalty on that one. I think it was pretty pretty much a garbage call. I mean, Michael Massey today said the drivers need to tuck in their elbows a little bit on lap one, which is a lot of BS to me. It's just really silly. Like, listen. Unfortunately, sometimes on lap 1 things are going to happen. Guys are going to get a little over aggressive. Yes, sometimes they are worthy of a penalty and sometimes they're not. And I don't think George Russell did anything that was elbows out, out of line and or or anything along those lines. So, I thought that call itself was pretty terrible.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right. Should we get to it?
0: I mean, that was it, right? Not nothing. <laughs>
2: And I None honestly a, I don't have anything after this. I mean we have our, our picks to recap and our drive of the day, disappointment of the day, but like, as what? far as Let's, as far as news goes. Yeah, you you want to just do everything much. first and then do the do the Max Lewis thing at the end?
0: Yeah. So for those for those who are wondering, we are going to discuss our our predictions right now and then come back and talk about the Max incident because that one is going to take a while and it deserves to not have anything come after it at that point.
2: Yeah. So if we're truly starting with everything other than the accident, do we need to revisit – so that like talking once, every th- all, once all the dust settled, do we need to revisit this rule where teams can do whatever they want under red flag? Because oh, Lewis should have been out of the race too. 100%.
0: The, the rule – I mean, that might be one of the worst rules in motorsports – it's it's embar- like even NASCAR gets it right and NASCAR <laughs> doesn't get too many things right and it, we were actually talking about this in the PS4 league last night during our, our race or before the race and yeah listen if a guy has his tire shredded by you know carbon fiber that he runs over yeah change change your tires that's a safety reason and and whatnot like small things like that fine I I can live with that. But when you are changing a wing, changing a tire, like, that's all you should be able to do. You shouldn't be able to make setup changes, change your front wing. Oh, well, this rim is cracked, so now we have to bring out a whole new rim. Like, come on. Like, this is, you know, you're you're putting a person back in a race that made a mistake, and you're, you're giving him, you're essentially, even though he got a penalty, he almost got a free pass. By by that, and we'll obviously talk about it later. But the rule it's itself is awful.
2: I think at the very least they should have to go to like the rear of the field if they do something other than change their tires.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I don't want to say you know, IndyCar is pretty harsh on red flag rules. Where if you work on red flag, I think it's like a ten lap penalty. Now it used to be two laps until uh, Alex Rossi and Ryan hunter Ray were getting their car worked on at Pocono in 2019. Then they change it after that. I'm not saying it needs to be 10 laps, or but yeah, start at the rear of the field, drive-through penalty, something along those lines. Something that makes a point that you can't get away with it.
2: Agreed. Uh, as far as the race after that, nothing crazy. There was a small incident between Perez and Raikkonen. They pitted Perez late to snag the fastest lap away from Lewis to take away the point from him. Um, so Leclerc ended up inheriting a P1 after that and led every single lap up until the last three. And Lewis, despite his 10-second time penalty, had just had overwhelming pace and passed Leclerc for the win. Uh, Lando had a really terrible pit stop and no fault to his own that relegated him from a battle with Botas though he didn't finish 17 seconds behind. I don't know if there was a late pit stop, but that's quite the gap, so I don't think a pit stop would have ultimately caused that big of a gap. Ricardo P5, that's nothing to frown at. Yeah, no, good for him. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much else in the race. It was still an exciting race, don't get me wrong. There was plenty of action yep. throughout the field. Uh, Our predictions, I had Leclerc. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Oops. Well, P2, that's still a good pick. Yeah,
0: I mean, he had a good race.
2: You had Perez. I think he was on for a theoretical 10th until they pitted him at the end. Yeah. But it's still not anywhere other than good. And then um, Apex Matt picked Lewis Hamilton. Thanks again to Matt for joining last week. He had Lewis Hamilton, so he got that right, although we're not going to give him any credit for that because, well, we'll talk about that in a second, I guess. Uh, bad. I had Ocon who finished ninth, so I do not get any credit for that. That's actually a halfway decent result for Esteban. Um, he's someone who benefited from the red flag too because he had damage right away. Yeah. You had Botas who finished third. Another team order to get out of the way, which I thought was funny. Because
0: uh, he listened, even though he says, I'm not going to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I need to be more selfish. Oh, by the way, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then Apex Matt had Ricardo P5, so that is not accurate, unfortunately. Top 10, I had Fred P7, give me that. You had Stroll P8, give me that. And Apex Matt had Vettel P19, some sort of mechanical, but he also spun in the – He spun on
0: the restart or lap. Yeah, I think he spun after the restart. Yeah, so his
2: race was ruined, so he wasn't going to finish top ten anyways, unfortunately. And then our sprint race prediction as far as top three. Uh, I don't have the results of, of the sprint race in front of me, but I know who got it right and who didn't. You had Norris, for Verstappen, and Gasly in your top three. Nope. Apex Matt had Hamilton, Verstappen, and Norris.
0: Nope.
2: I had Hamilton, Botas, for Verstappen.
0: Pays to go boring sometimes. Pays to go boring. I I Respect, respect.
2: All right. I'll just start by saying that to me, this is the single greatest championship moment to happen in the middle of the season in Formula One history. I don't think there's anything that even comes close. Because, like, in the first part of the season, it's definitely Hamilton Rosberg at Spain 2016. Yeah. Mid season kind of, sort of, maybe, I guess I can't, I vaguely remember Schumacher getting the win at Austria that one year in 20, 2002, and I can't remember Austria, I think that was kind of towards the end of the year, maybe halfway through the year, because that was kind of controversial, but also, kind of just whatever, Austria that year was, oh, it was six, that's still the beginning of the year. And then all the kind of, you know, the the huge ones, like the Senna versus Prost, Senna versus Prost again, Hill versus Schumacher, Villeneuve versus Schumacher. I don't know. There's a couple others. But all those kind of really iconic ones all happened towards the end of the season when the championship was really heating up. So, to me, this is easily the most controversial championship moment we've had, not only in the middle of the season, but has to float to the top 10 all time immediately.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a generational sort of moment. You know, this is the Senna Prost, Schumacher versus whoever it was that he purposely crashed out that one race and then got the race ban. Why am I drawing a blank on it in the middle of this important discussion? Say that again. Uh, the When Schumacher purposely crashed...
2: Oh yeah, today? that was Villeneuve you got excluded yeah, yeah, yeah. from the championship. Yeah, which was yeah, really hard. Boring. Really harsh.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it this is one of those moments that we will look back on no matter how the championship plays out and and discuss for years to come. This will be on F1 videos and books and yeah, it's it's one of those like historical moments that is just so, there's just so much, I mean, there's still stuff, you know, today, Red Bull has hired a lawyer to look into sporting law, and, and all this craziness, and, yeah, so, I don't, I don't know where you want to take it from there, but I'll give my thought on the incident itself, and we'll, we'll, we'll just dive into it from there, and you give your thoughts, and we'll go back and forth. So, first off, epic battle. Uh, insane battle. I hope we I'm sure we are going to see ton more of that the rest of the year and I'm pretty sure now Max Verstappen is not going to give a single inch. It was close. I I understand the FIA saying Lewis wasn't going to necessarily make the apex of that corner and that's why he got a penalty. Okay, I, I can buy that. Max also did kind of turn in a little bit although it was hit technically his corner i'm okay with that to be honest i'm okay with the 10 second penalty and leaving it as it is i i don't think it was malicious i i'm not calling hamilton a dirty driver because of this i'm sorry to those who think he is but i don't buy it i'll i'll leave it at that for now
2: having analyzed it rewatched it like a million times taken feedback on social media from Several drivers, including a discussion I got into with Stefan Wilson and a uh, former sports car driver, now driver coach, Dion von Molke. You know, obviously getting their perspective as professional drivers is one thing. And then having myself, who is not anywhere close to a professional athlete. No? No, unfortunately not. But someone who's watched I mean, quite literally thousands of hours of races, it's you know, a different perspective on my end. And so for me, I I mean, you can't sit there and look at it and say, like, Hamilton shouldn't have made the Apex. So my my theory – or not my theory. My thoughts on it are Verstappen is making it quite clear to Lewis going into cops, listen, don't go to the inside. I'm putting my car here intentionally so that you don't go to the inside. Please don't do it. And Lewis is like, yeah, f**k it. I'm going to send it. So he puts it on the inside and his turning in angle is quite sharp. It's pretty poor. And it was at that point, he did, was able to swing out a little bit, but it was at that point that he should have realized shit, I'm not going to make this corner. And I don't there's just no way for Max to know that he's not going to make the apex cuz Max turned in giving him a car length length assuming that Lewis was going to hit the apex and Lewis didn't. Probably more so couldn't. I don't know if I didn't is necess- I don't think it was a lack of execution I just think the angle, that angle Yeah, the angle yeah. he was turning in at, I just think it was impossible to hit the apex on that turn.
0: I'd agree. I if you if you take that too tight, it, it's only natural that your car is going to push out. Right. Like it's just he, impossible he to hold that line.
2: No way to nothing to do except understeer. So I think for me the miscalculation wasn't turning in. I think the miscalculation was deciding to do it in the first place. I just think the better move would have been to back out and try it again because it was clear as day, you know, I know Senna's name keeps getting dropped all the time this last weekend, but Senna intentionally put his car in positions that would compromise his opponents, you know, back out of the corner or we're both wrecking kind of thing, except... In Senna's era, I don't remember a time where there was a red flag and everybody like if we sent center wreck somebody, you just got to repair his car and call it a day. Because in the normal world, they would both be out right now, and they would be even, you know, greater as as a rivalry, per se. Yeah. So, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a Formula One. It doesn't matter if you're an F four driver. It doesn't matter if you're an un- an athletic guy like me who races on a dorky league every monday night like all of us do the same thing when it comes to those situations sometimes you just defend really hard and i just don't understand why lewis tried to force it on lap one in that corner that's not the best passing zone um it is a place you can pass um someone said on social media it's a racetrack and therefore you should be trying to pass everywhere and i completely agree (laughs) with that yeah it's just with the circumstances leading up to that corner it was just not going to work um Super glad Max is okay. Uh, That was a very harsh and violent impact into the wall. So I'm glad he got out and was released from the hospital after his observation. I don't know if you want to segue into this next part that I want to talk about because it was something we talked about after Imola with the Botas Russell accident and how significant the damage on Botas' car was. They're still kind of dissecting Verstappen's car, but after that Botas crash, they were worried about You know, how much can we develop the car now? Because that was a write-off. You know, is the engine okay? Things like that. Now Red Bull's going through the same thing. Honda claims that the engine is fine. Um, But obviously this is a a significant financial impact just with that whole car being basically toast. So do you see this impacting? We we just passed round 10. So we got... Oh, God. yeah, It's going to be amazing how... Little shits Verstappen is going to give now for the rest of the season. Like, we're about to see <laughs> a whole new Verstappen 2.0 unleashed on everybody now. I think it's going to only get worse. I mean, apparently he unfollowed Lewis on Instagram. Oh, I know. Uh-oh. Well, did you, you say, oh, that stuff matters. Like, people notice, I know, I know. and there is definitely pettiness behind that kind of stuff. And I'm actually, I never clued you in on this, but I'm working on a project to go over as such kind of back to the Red Bull point is this going to really hamper the rest of their season or do you think it's something that's being blown out of proportion
0: I I probably split the middle it's it's not you know a million pounds or a million dollars whatever currency you're you're counting it in in damage roughly let's just say a million i don't know if that's the the final number or if, if we'll ever know the final number is not an insignificant amount do i think it is going to Hamper Red Bull for the rest of the year, probably not. I, you, know, I, you would assume they have some crash budget built into their budget allotment. Yeah, they probably spent more of it than they were intending to in the last week, but I don't think it is necessarily a backbreaker at this point. Now, if this was early in the season and you have to you know, build a brand new car, yeah, maybe it's a little bit more. But at this point where just about halfway through the year what is it 20 i can't even remember how many races there are now 23 22
2: 23 right now we're at 23 with a tba
0: yeah yeah so 22 or 23 we're almost at halfway i don't think it's a huge deal unless red bull spent more money than than we understand so it's possible but i don't i don't think it's necessarily a a catastrophic issue at all and you know the hiring hiring this lawyer doesn't count as part of their budget cap although in my opinion it should
2: yeah i i think that's funny so then i think the rivalry is going to get massive and now we're going to be approaching Prost. i mean I, it was already kind of a little testy but now everything is just going to get amplified and drive to survive is going to be so awesome i can't wait for that going to be like
0: 56 episodes. Yeah, as I was say, year, how are they going to do it this? The and
2: <laughs> There's no way they're going to be able to do this in like seven episodes this year. So yeah, going next, the next point I wanted to talk about was, well, first of all, we have to mention the fact that we, no matter what happens in a race, taking to social media to abuse a driver is classless. Thank you. And to take it to the step beyond to racially abuse a driver who is black is absolutely insane and
0: unacceptable. no matter who you are.
2: It's, it's despicable. So we on the podcast obviously condemn the racist uh, insults and vile behavior that was tossed Lewis Hamilton's direction by those who felt he was in the wrong it is definitely okay to disagree with drivers. It is definitely okay to not share the same opinion as drivers. But please, if you are going on social media, please communicate this to someone in a respectable and civil manner. There is no reason to hellaciously stoop that low to disagree with somebody. Just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Because we both disagree with Lewis, and I'm not the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan. I think he is a phenomenal talent. I just think he gets incredibly lucky in certain circumstances but that'll never take away from the fact that he's a extremely gifted person and while I may be disagreeing with his assessment on this accident it doesn't mean you know I hate the guy or anything like that or need to stoop to that level cuz that's just it it's ridiculous in my opinion
0: yeah i i agree you know sometimes he kind of annoys me with how Lucky he gets, and and how you know the woe is me, everything is everybody else's fault, and whiny he gets about penalties sometimes. But I mean, at the end of the day, the dude's a generational talent, and also seems like off the track he is doing more to make Formula One and motorsports accessible to you know minorities and and groups that maybe don't necessarily get chances in Formula One like they would have in the past with you know, his new initiative that got released a week or two ago. So step into the
1: world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chamba Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado,
0: You can agree or disagree with what he says about racing or, you know, about what happened, but otherwise things need to be left out.
2: Glad we got that out of the way because I almost forgot to do that. So please, again, just be respectful on social media. It's just such a terrible look for not only you as the individual, but just kind of the racing community as a whole. So the next thing I want to talk about was, was something we talked about earlier, which was the stewards and kind of the tiki Tech penalty with George Russell. Now we had the stewardship of this penalty. Ten seconds, some thought that was ridiculous because it was a racing incident. Some thought he should have been banned from the race, and others who are on the Red Bull payroll think that he should be suspended for two races. <laughs> so uh kind of differing views here, but... One uh, question that I saw on social media that was posed was the purpose of the guest steward. And I'm looking at an Autosport article from May 1st of this year, so it's not that old. And it doesn't even define, because obviously there's Michael Massey, who's kind of the head honcho. But it says, how are the stewards chosen? On any given Grand Prix weekend, there are a number of race officials whose job it is to oversee proceedings, uphold the rules, and ensure everyone from the drivers to the fans are kept safe while cars are on track. So it doesn't even tell me how many stewards there are making these decisions. And then there is this rotational guest steward, like famous person, usually a, a former driver of some kind, who also steps in on race weekends to oversee things. Now... What are your thoughts about does this need to be reexamined maybe in the off season about how they go about coming to a decision and should the fact that this was for P1 on lap one make this more severe or should we treat this as if it was 16th versus 17th committing violence on each other in the back or what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I feel like on the – TV broadcast this weekend or the F1 TV broadcast. I don't know if, honestly, there's even a difference. I forget what channel I was listening to, but they said there were four total stewards, which I feel like makes the the decision-making process a little harder because if you get hung up and it's two versus two, it extends the argument. I really like IndyCar, and I'm not saying this is the right solution. They've got three stewards who are as far as I know, the same every race, I'm almost positive.
2: Yeah, Novak, so, Pappas, and Lion every race.
0: Yeah, there there's one that is the head in this case, you know, we'll go with Michael Massey and, and two others. And even if you want that third person to be rotating, I'm okay with that. It keeps guys from developing any sort of season long bias that might develop in Formula One. Totally okay with that. I don't know and I don't care if it's a former former driver either. Obviously, Ari Lyondike is a former driver, so IndyCar would probably agree with that. But should a penalty be different on your lap one versus another lap? No. I think no matter what penalty, what lap that—let's just you know, focus on this incident in this case as an example. If it happened on lap one or, you know, I don't know, the end of the race— the action is still the same so to me the penalty should still be the same. And what was your last question? I know there was a third one in there.
2: Well, it was just the
0: Oh yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Yeah, you got the two. It's... Good job. I'm proud of you. Yeah. No, no, there was then you asked if it was the same if it was 16th versus 17th. Oh, I thought you mentioned grid. that already. No, I I didn't. Oh, I... you
2: said, sorry, you said first lap versus the last lap. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I'm getting myself all all out of sorts here when you ask four questions in a row. I, I'm trying to I'm old. My memory math is work, hard, but... right? Yeah. Maths, math is really toss hard at my face. <laughs> so I also, I don't think it matters. It shouldn't matter if this is an incident towards the back of the field or going for the lead because the action is still the same. And that's all I'm looking at is, is the action. Does the, are the ramifications greater because it is first and second and first and second in championship? Sure. But if we are going to keep, if the stewards and Formula One are going to keep racing safe, they have to police it the same, no matter where it, no matter where it happens on the grid.
2: See, I understand what you're saying, and that is the obvious analytical approach to it. But to me, it's hard to justify giving the same penalty to a guy who's running second crashing the leader, versus the guy who's running seventeenth and crashes the guy who's running sixteenth. I think it's absurd that, you know, looking back on it now, Vettel versus Raikkonen to Austria was a 20-second penalty for a non-points-paying position and what genuinely looked like a 50-50 deal, but this was only 10 seconds to Lewis. And as Christian Denevsky so accurately summed up, the reason I agree with the fact that Lewis's penalty should be more severe is that when he takes out the leader for first, he's costing Max 25 points. And let's say Max ends up having a bad pit stop or something. Realistically, like it, he cost him at least 15 points. Because you know Max is going pretty much, if he starts a race and doesn't have a mechanical issue, he's going to finish on the podium at the minimum. If you crash the guy going for 16th, you're costing him zero points. Now, that doesn't mean you just get to wreck him whenever you want, just because you're battling for no points. But the downfall of crashing the guy for 16th is so much less significant than crashing the guy who's on for good points so that's where I'm coming from where I think it should be a little more severe I think it also should be a situation where I like the way that IndyCar does it I think it's a common sense approach I think you have two guys to share their opinions and if it's these two you know, agree together that Lewis should get a 45-second penalty as long as Massey doesn't think it's ridiculous. He should just go ahead with it. Or if one says 15 and one says 30, then Massey gets the final say and says, yeah, let's maybe do 20 or, no, I agree, 30 seconds makes sense to me, things like that. I think having an inordinate amount of people in there trying to give opinions or having someone who rotates and, I thought it was kind of surprising when IndyCar chose Pappas because I had interviewed Pappas when I was in college, who said, Yeah, I haven't watched IndyCar race in like five, ten years. And then like two years later, he was a steward. So I'm wondering, I'm just hoping that the the people being selected to be the guest steward are up to date on everything and still regular watchers and everything like that, which I'm sure they are because they, I hope, hopefully they wouldn't just pick anybody. But I think uh, a more organized structure and. Figuring out what to penalize and what not to penalize is going to be a key offseason issue for Formula One.
0: Yeah. And I do agree that looking back on it, the Riken in 20 second penalty doesn't make too much sense when Lewis only gets a 10 second penalty. So I will, I, you you did convince me on that one. In, you know, in, in the heat of the moment, I didn't have an issue with the 10 second penalty, but this goes back to, I think this just goes back to what I've always, hoped for i mean in any sport but especially racing is just for the officiating to be consistent and we are seeing inconsistencies pop up and it's super frustrating
2: yeah so that's all i had did you have anything else you wanted to talk about
0: well since i've i've teased about it a couple i say laughed about it a couple times today i don't remember to be honest where i saw it but we have Red Bull hiring a lawyer to discuss sporting law to see if there's anything they can do to get Lewis Hamilton a race ban or any sort of penalty, any sort of more penalty. Is this the most ridiculous part about the incident? That Red Bull is just, you know, know, they can be mad. That's fine. I'm not saying don't be mad, but... I'm I'm nothing this isn't this isn't going to change a damn thing they just need to focus focus like uh god who's radio uh Pato Awards uh strategist Taylor Kyle always says focus forward just focus forward you gotta you gotta focus on the championship you're still ahead get you know stop stop worrying about the past and it's time I don't want to say it's time to move on but it's it's time to worry about Hungary in two weeks
2: yeah, I like their friends at Missed Apex. They have a tweet that says Red Bull has instructed lawyers to push for a harsher penalty. Early reports suggest that they want a ban. <laughs> yeah, uh, a good. race ban and a ban on Lewis celebrating his next two birthdays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I do have one one more thing. Great tweet by the way and and again thanks for Matt for coming on and sharing out the the episode and he was he was really good to talk to. So one of the things that Max said was he thought it was disrespectful that Hamilton celebrated like he did after the race when Max at the time was in the hospital. Granted Lewis was not told that Max had gone to the hospital. So what what are your what are your thoughts on Max's comments there?
2: I think that was a bit of a stretch. I yeah. think you know, obviously we didn't know the extent of everything. Max had to be taken to the hospital for observation. We don't know if the adrenaline pumping the adrenaline was pumping when he got out of the car and appeared fine, but maybe there was, you know, some sort of trauma that we just didn't know about. But uh indications from first glance it looked like he was fine. It you know, it I don't think anybody was convincingly worried that he wasn't gonna be okay. And so then also you take into the fact that, you know, I'm going to tend to believe Lewis on this one, that he didn't know that he was in the hospital until like after the celebrations, which if he didn't, then how is he supposed to act differently? So, I mean, one could maybe argue that maybe Lewis should be acting like that after taking out his rival. I think to me that would be a fair argument, but I I think the, he shouldn't be celebrating because Max was in the hospital argument doesn't hold very much weight.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could have said, hey, I hope Max is doing okay in this post-race interview or something like that. But you're you're charged up after a, a win, you know, coming back from that 10-second penalty is is still impressive in in the heat of the moment. So that's kind of like the only thing that Verstappen instead that I was like, oh, come on, Max, just stop. But, yeah, wild weekend, that's for sure. This is definitely going to be season-defining and, and maybe legacy-defining in the in the long run. And, and I'm sure this is not the last time this year we'll probably talk about this specific incident in one way or another. But news-wise, there's really nothing else F1-related, but I'll turn it over to Matt for one last bit before we sign off.
2: Yeah, before we sign off, I just wanted to humble brag that i did say like three months ago on the podcast after i think imola that there was going to be some sort of huge coming together between these two because <laughs> you could kind of clearly see early on that it was going to be just these two in the title race and yeah here we are i didn't think it'd be around 10 but yeah here we are i just yeah i i really <laughs> i think for the for the sake of this, the fans and whatnot I would love to see this championship go to the last round, but I think for the sake of the two drivers, I hope it's like wrapped up after like Brazil or something. Cause, uh, or like whatever, three, four rounds to go. Cause, uh, it's gonna get pretty ruthless here, uh, towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah. I, well, well done. I mean, I, you, you, you did predict it, so I'll give you respect on that one, but that is about it. Ladies and gentlemen, have a lovely weekend.